and welcome to Mistakes We've Made and Debts We've Paid, a storytelling podcast about a lifetime of mistakes, mishaps, and poor choices, where we really lean into the pain and laugh at all our cringy moments. Big and small, we tell them all. (laughs) (laughs) I'm your host, Royce Emery. And I'm Wayne Cummins. And welcome to our show. last one i was so intoxicated uh when editing it listening to it it was like watching it for the first time uh so it's a nice thing quality to that it was cool but at the same time like what are you saying you idiot stop (laughs) i i annoyed myself with how many times i repeated myself and how long i stuck to things instead of just moving on it's like okay you made the point yeah move on yeah well that's what i'm here for i appreciate Uh, it Listeners, welcome to our second ever episode of Don't Make Me Do This! <laughs> um, we are our second part of the Invincible episode, uh, part two, talking about the second half of the first season. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like we're going to be able to have so much fun with the uh, intro, Don't Make Me Do This. <laughs> yeah, next time it's got to be you, but I want you to really sell it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I really want to start playing with like uh, maybe GarageBand or some type of... Uh, uh, sound machine where I can like add some sound effects some sound into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, like a gun or something. <laughs> that that I can. I don't even need the effects. I. <laughs> <laughs> That's when Royce pulled out his gat. <laughs> so um, yeah, now we're starting at uh, season five, and season five is episode five. Episode five. All right, episode. I was like, damn, they got fast, <laughs> like the speed of Red Rush. Uh, which, by the way, sounds like an like. You know, did you ever watch any of the RoboCop movies? No. Oh, dude, they were so good. Especially the first two. Third one's kind of iffy, but still fun in a cheesier way. I mean, they're all cheesy. Yeah. Um, but even more cheesy. Yeah, right, to the point where you're like, all right, come on, slow down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> with, uh, like, like Japanese samurai androids and shit. Dude, they're okay. so fucking great. But they have this really dystopian media where like the the famous quote from their show is I'll buy that for a dollar and it's like this skeevy dude who will end up in like like he looks like 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 a creepy uncle but he's got like these like big titted blondes under each arm and like he's at some place that's like burning down behind him <laughs> and that's the only exposition you get and every time they pass a TV that's what's on is like I'll buy that for a dollar <laughs> I love that shit and I liked that like level of like advertising I want I want that to be the real world and so I I imagine Red Rush to be the name of like a like a you know a tampon in, <laughs> in, in that type of advertising world you know as soon as he said it I was like Red Rush oh my god <laughs> with Red Rush your once a month comes and goes quickly <laughs> it's like a tampon that just super absorbs it just yeah all in one it's, go but yeah and then you can like take it out really quickly and easily <laughs> slides right out <laughs> into the speed force <laughs> and so uh yeah there's a lot of fun like i like the names of all the superheroes in Invincible. Yeah. They're, they're all pretty fun play on on because i mean at this point it's hard to think of a, a name for a conventional superhero or villain without it already being taken i know this from a comic that i'm writing right now and i'm not gonna say shit about it because i've been working on it for years and it, it's it's still very very you know, early stages. Um, but it's just hard. It's hard to think of like a good name for anybody. Like, oh, you got fire powers? Well, guess what? So does a million other characters out there who've all got fire related names. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, 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 that's something that I appreciate about the show is that they were just like, fuck it. It's close to five other characters. <laughs> just accept it. Yeah. Like, and, and something that you said in the, in the last episode that I agree with a lot is, man, they don't have to focus so much on the backstory. Mm -hmm. It's like everything is supernatural. And and they'll give you a little bit of backstory to who is important. And Mm -hmm. that's it. That's fucking great. And it's very organic. They do it in such a way that it doesn't feel like an exposition dump. And I I fucking love that. Subtlety. Subtlety is what I crave in the especially stuff where they're going to go hard from time to time it's like you got to build slow because you need that punch to be out of nowhere yeah um so i think last episode we talked about was doc seismic i want to say one of my favorite characters uh who is right out of adventure brothers episode such a great fucking character i love that show that was a great show dude yeah i'm glad you've seen it such an amazing series um but uh and so after that it starts getting into more of the meat i think yeah uh, i don't know if we talked about him last time but damien darkblood 
I love that character, dude. And voiced by Clancy Brown, who's been in a million things. At this point, he still pops up in live action stuff, but you'd probably know him more from voice acting. He's been fucking... And I just recently read even more shit that I didn't know he did. He was Lex Luthor for all the uh, Superman and Justice League stuff from the last however many years. Oh, wow. I didn't know um, that. He, uh, you know who Clancy Brown is? Yeah, but I, I didn't know that. I never put nice. that together. Wow. Right? I know. Me neither. And I was like, sounds just like him, but he's just doing something a little different. And it's just you don't make the connection. Uh, I, I remember him way back in the day from the Crash Bandicoot games. He had a couple roles in that. Oh, cool, man. Um, and then, of course, one of his biggest roles ever was the Kurgan from Highlander. He was the bad guy from the original Highlander. Nuns. No sense of humor. And just that fucking character is so fucking good. And they were talking about a remake forever, and there was a part of me that's like down, but it's like, how could you ever cast as well as him again for the Kurgan? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's like got to be its own movie and not like uh, try and replace it or. The only reason I'd be down to... is because you'd actually have some good fight scenes. None of the fight scenes in the original <laughs> were that good. You know, they're like yeah. fun and epic, but they're like you know, they're uh, real swordsmen might scoff. <laughs> not that I would fucking know. Um, and then also Christopher Lambert, as much as I like the guy. He's a horrible actor. And, <laughs> you know, he's got like a French accent and he plays a Scottish dude. And the Scottish dude is playing a Spaniard. <laughs> in the fucking... <laughs> and none of them are from the Highlands. Uh, no, so I... Um, I What were we talking about right before that? The Oh, the character, uh, yeah. Clancy Brown. He, he plays... Uh, who I guess is basically a mixture of Hellboy and kind of like the question from DC which is kind of an obscure character yeah but that's that's basically the two characters that he kind of is an amalgamation of I like that he's fat yeah yeah I do too because <laughs> uh, A demons generally are drawn kind of chubby from the old stuff you know they're painted very fat and chubby really like the old Victorian stuff they're, yeah, they're, they're gluttonous um, True. and then I never pieced that together and then also, I think we've talked about this. You know, he's a detective. You know, detectives eat. You know, yeah, they have bad yeah. diets. They're they're pretty, especially private eyes. They're they're generally pretty. You know, like half their bachelors. job is sitting in a car on a stakeout, eating right. Fucking donuts. Yeah, smoking probably. Yeah, <laughs> drinking, drinking right afterwards. Yeah, yeah. And so um, I, I do like his design a lot. Uh, I love just the the character background. And actually, a lot now that I think about it, he's also heavily based off of uh, John Constantine. Uh, popularized by the Counter Reeves movie, but long-running DC character. Originally Vertigo, which was published under DC, but that that Vertigo was their offshoot that would have nothing to do with the rest of DC. It wasn't even in the same universe initially. Wow. They, I think, since in the last five or so years, they've swallowed it into the main universe because now Constantine is like has helped the Justice League and shit, which I think gets him way out of his his like my comfort zone with him because for the longest running time he had a series called Hellblazer where he was just a dude and he like in the movie I think he had killed himself and didn't quite die so he went to hell but came back and so he kind of had a knowledge of the of the other world but it wasn't special he didn't have powers or anything and he just knew how to fight demons and he would send them back to hell all the time if they fucked up uh, and he was just very tied to the occult in his in like his part of the world that, that was really hard for me to accept at first is uh, as movies or shows or universes that, that have people die and come back all the time. But now I've grown to love it and accept it. And sure. it's just like, cool, it's silly. Like, yeah. It's yeah. whatever. And it's something the comic books do. Yeah. It's just a comic book Yeah, you, you just trademark. have to accept it because mm-hmm. it's going to happen. Yeah, which I wish the movies would kind of do because I'm, I'm tired of not having Steve Rogers. Love Steve Rogers. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so... Um, uh, what was it? Uh, that my, one of my favorite instances of Constantine was there is a situation where uh, he knew he was going to die and go to hell, so he promised his soul to three different demons. Oh. He signed contracts with three different demons, so at some point he gets stabbed or shot or something, and he doesn't die because when he starts to die and go to his soul de- departs, these demons were all like, "Wait, who does he belong to?" And they started <laughs> they started like arguing and fighting amongst themselves for Custody his soul. Battle. Yeah, and so like, what well, was like, we can't let him die yet, so they fucking like <laughs> helped him live. Still in demon court, yeah. trying to figure it out. Yeah, so it, just fucking some really smart, cool ways of looking at the occult that a lot of people, you know, hadn't thought of. That's cool. And so I thought they were doing a good job with that. Um, eventually, and again, this is spoilers. Uh, I mean, if, at this yeah. point, I figure you all know. Halfway Should through know. the season, yeah, we're talking about it. Oh man, when Cecil and Dennis 
uh, banish him back to hell. Oh, dude, that was an intense scene. I know, and it makes it was so bittersweet because it's sad. You really love Damien at this point. He's a cool character. Yeah. And he's doing, he's like one of the few characters who's truly just altruistic. <laughs> Hilarious that the demon is the good guy. I know. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's got his, his, his kind of muddled motives. Yeah. You know, he's doing it to save his own soul, but yeah. he's the one guy who's just straight up solving the case. Looking for the truth. Right. And, and so, not afraid to ask the tough questions. <laughs> and so you feel really bad, but I just love the way it works out. And yeah. it's just such a good flex for Cecil. He's like, I fucking told you to stay out of my business. Yeah. <laughs> Guess what? I can send you back to hell. I love that part too, where he's like, we had some of the guys in the tech department work up your fucking hundred year old pages. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it, <laughs> he brings it up and starts reading from it. Dude. Yeah. Cecil is just such a fucking cool guy. The whole show. Such man. a solid character, yeah. man. And so I like that that whole the Damien Darkblood story came to a wrap for now. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that I next, hope that he comes back. Hoping he gets out of hell. Hope he maybe he's a little upgraded from that, or maybe even downgraded. Probably. <laughs> well, like he he even said like uh, I'm like he had permission to to be out of hell or something. I, I forgot what it was that he had said, but uh, yeah. Maybe. I can't remember the exact circumstances of how he had gotten out necessarily. I yeah. mean, you know, we, I guess, supposed that he was trying to keep himself out by, you know, helping people. But, yeah, um, yeah. Dude, fucking love that character. Uh, it, it just sounded like they, they opened a, a door for him to possibly be back. I hope so. I mean, so uh, we know from, like, one of the last scenes of the season that they, they gave us a lot of spoilers or a lot of, a lot of you know, te- teases for teases, the next season. Yeah, yeah. He was not a part of it. But that doesn't mean that we won't see him. You right. know, I'm sure they're still holding a lot back. Uh, Kirkman's stuff is always known for surprises, so I'm sure we only got about half of what we're to expect. Um, can we talk about Seth Rogen? Did we talk about him last we time? We talked about him a little bit last okay. time, but he does come back, so yeah. we can talk about him again. Alan yeah. the Alien does return a little later in the season, right? Because he comes back for a second time, right? Yeah. And they have a more, more like, honest talk about, you know, Viltrumite and the Viltrums. Yeah, yeah and he's like, what? He left? Like, yeah. Well, that's right, because it's at the very end. That's yeah. right. I'm sorry. So, I'm jumping all over the yeah, place. Yeah, let's not jump too far ahead. Okay. Uh, so let's see. After we have the demon situation. Then uh, it's when they're uh, going to go to, I think his best friend's name is Matt, Matthew. Oh, the college. Yeah. Oh, man. And so they. another thing I enjoy about this and something that comics have only... I mean, it's it's weird. So a lot of times you'll get these writers who just don't know how to diversify their cast, mm. and and you you get into the tropes of just having your main white dude characters too often. Gotcha. And so I liked that in Invincible's quick little repertoire of friends and love interests and all that. He's got a lot of diversity, and it's never an issue. It's never like yeah. oh, you know, it's like oh, he's just half Asian, and it's just not a big deal. It's just like let's not draw attention to it. That's just what he is. Yeah, they just gloss over it. It's not. It's not a big yeah. super deal. His best friend's gay. Yeah. His love interest is black yeah. and very like feminist, and none of that matters to context of the story because it's just part of their fucking character quirks, yeah. and it just works towards the main plot, which doesn't really matter that there are any of this. So I really enjoyed that. I like that they're not. It's it's doing a good job. Of being versatile, but not putting it in your face in any sort yeah. of way, or not, and, being, and they never make not it pandering. weird. Yeah, they never make it weird by by them having a thing or anything mm-hmm. like him hitting on him ever. And it's like, thank you, yes. thank you for not right. Yeah, I've had gay friends my entire life, and never once has there been a sexual thing between us. It's right. just you know, like, hey, I'm not attracted to you, you're not attracted to me. Let's be friends. Right? <laughs> this would be no different with any other one, other platonic relationship. So I really enjoy that aspect. So yeah, they go to his college. And I think Mark, the idea is Mark is kind of scouting the college too, right? Because he's, he's yeah. doubting being invincible at this point. Yeah. Because I want to say at the same time, Eve is doing her own thing. She's already quit being a superhero. And now yeah. she's like doing like missionary work basically and kicking ass at it because she can fucking change molecules around. So how easy it is to irrigate a village, you know? <laughs> yeah. The amount of lives she said uh, she saved in one week or day was right. more than she had saved her entire time yeah. uh, helping the city. And it's really cool. She's got like this Matt Damon energy going around. It's, it's, it's fucking smart. It's smart superhero writing. You never, yeah. you don't normally see that in some of the bigger superhero stories. Like, yeah, I guess plenty of these heroes eventually would be like, I don't want to fucking deal with these crazy people all the time. Right. Let's go help countries that need it. Um, and it's like, why, why aren't more people doing this? Why aren't yeah. more superheroes? Yeah. Well, so an interesting thing that Marvel once did is uh, they kind of talked about how if that started happening too much, the governments of the world would be pissed. Oh. And it's like, hey, you can't be sending Captain America over here every now and then to help our problems, bro. <laughs> His name is Captain America. <laughs> and so there was a pretty interesting storyline where some of that came into play once in the comics. And with and that's what I love about comics compared to 
you know, adaptions, which is always like the movies or the TV mm. shows now, is that they, they get close, but they never quite get to that little details in the story that just are fucking amazing. Like one of my favorite Marvel moments is from one of the Ultimate comics where it was kind of an alternate universe, but it's still all the same characters that you know. They're still pretty much the same characters from the originals. Uh, and once uh, there was this whole takeover of the Avengers, they uh, the Black Widow, one of the Black Widows, had fully infiltrated and was like breaking them down from the inside while other superheroes from around the world. And this was actually part of that storyline where they were just fucking around internationally too much. And so uh, basically these other countries got together and were like, let's make our own Avengers and fuck them up. <laughs> and uh, so they used Black Widow to get a bunch of like DNA and do like screw up Stark's fucking shit. Um, like she just, she killed Jarvis. She did a bunch of crazy shit, dude. Wow. And so... Killed Jarvis. Yeah, dude. And one of the things she did is she got uh, uh, Hawkeye... Uh, kidnapped and um, they they murdered his family. Oh my god! Yeah, and then they were they tortured him for like weeks, and they were going to execute him on television or like on the internet um, during this this big last moment where they were taking over the capital and fighting all the Avengers. And so there's a moment where they're wheeling Hawkeye out, and he's been totally strapped, no weapons, no nothing near him, his even down to like you know his wrists just bound so he couldn't move. Uh, and they, you know, he's, he already knows his family's dead. He's been tortured for weeks. And so, uh, they're wheeling him out and there's a bunch of gunmen all around him. There's the doctor who's been torturing him and they're going to, you know, execute him. And all of a sudden all the gunmen start dying around him. They got like clutching at their throats and they just start keeling over one by one. And you can see his hands moving, but you don't know what he's doing. And all of a sudden the doctor is like, what are you doing? How are you doing this? Like we, we took everything from you. He's like, you didn't pull my fingernails out. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and so Jesus. over the course of the weeks, he had been pulling his own fingernails out and saving them. And then right at the last moment, he starts shooting them into people's throats and killing them. What a badass. And he's like, I've got three more. Are you going to let me out of this table or what? <laughs> and so it's just a fucking, yeah. And he's like, that's, that's fucking Marvel, man. That's fucking awesome. That's dude. fucking, that's what I read comics for. And you don't get a lot of that in the uh, cinematic universe. Disney's not going to let that scene go. Yeah. <laughs> and not that necessarily you need that scene in the stories they're telling, but <laughs> I like it when, when my shit gets real. Yeah. Uh, so to go a little bit more off topic, how did you feel about Deadpool? The movies? I loved yeah. him. I loved him. But Deadpool is already a silly character. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds got it, dude. And I'd been reading yeah. Deadpool for years before those movies were even talked about. And I'd always liked the character from when they turned him silly. When they first introduced Deadpool, he was kind of edgy. And he was like this 90s character created by Rob Liefeld. Is one of the, I think I mentioned him before. He's that guy who I stole his table at Comic-Con. Oh, yeah. So one of the creators of Deadpool. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And he's just known for being kind of a douchey, bad artist. Um, <laughs> but he did. He, he was responsible for some cool cool shit back in the 90s that has people have taken that property and made it better you know mm. uh there was a, a point way back in the late 90s early 2000s where they teamed him up with cable like they did in the second movie um and that pairing was perfect because cable is this very serious no nonsense like i i came from a shitty future i'm trying to save the world yeah, yin yang. but for whatever reason he was he's the, the one of the only characters in the marvel universe that likes or at least accepts deadpool and like puts up with him and kind of sees his there was one time where finally someone actually cornered him about it. I think it was his 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 father basically uh, Cyclops cuz you know he's from the future his dad is Cyclops and he was like finally talking he was like dude why do you put up with Deadpool he's like you don't see the use in him like I use Deadpool all the time like don't get me wrong you know, he knows I'm using him, <laughs> but, uh, you know, he's, he's great. He's a super useful tool. You just have to know how to aim him. <laughs> how to use that tool. Yeah. So I, I, I very much enjoy, uh, a superhero or comic book movie that, or show that'll allow like the gore and the, and the language. And Dude. you don't get a lot of that, you no. know? So Deadpool was, was one of the, and I think a way that Deadpool gets away with it by not only being now Disney, but also having been a big major Marvel character and still doing it is he's silly. He's silly as fuck. He breaks the fourth wall. Yeah, I you, love that. And he's always generally killing bad guys. <laughs> in the comics, there's some questionable moments. Hell, in the comics, he's straight up been a bad guy once or twice. Um, but, you know, anti-hero, you could say. Okay. Uh, one of my favorite encounters with him was with Spider-Man. And uh, he rolled into town, and Spider-Man thought he was responsible for killing this old Asian guy. The Spider-Man Spider being the most genuine of people ever. Oh, dude, he swings in and he beats the crap out of Deadpool. But Deadpool is like super excited. He's like, <laughs> he's like waiting on a rooftop, and he has no idea that Spider-Man thinks he killed this guy. And so he's like, "Hey!" He's like waving to him, and Spider-Man swings him and like just nails him like two or three times. <laughs> and the last thing that Deadpool says is like, "Jesus Christ, you're fast!" And then Spider-Man knocks him out. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, that's hilarious to compliment the dude that's kicking your ass <laughs> it's just such a good deadpool moment that's fucking awesome uh man another i don't want to get off on too much of a tangent because we're talking about invincible but another great moment from the comics deadpool comics was when he fought bullseye it was a point where norman osborne had taken over uh, shield and had replaced most of the major heroes with villains and nobody knew and instead of uh, hawkeye it was it was bullseye and nobody knew it because he was just wearing the hawkeye costume <laughs> same powers so it worked out <laughs> Instead of Spider-Man, it was Venom. Instead of Wolverine, it was his son. And it was just a really crazy cool cool storyline. And during that time, Deadpool was doing a lot of shit kind of on the down low that was fucking with Norman Osborn's plans. Uh, thanks to the X-Men. X-Men were sending him out on missions. And uh, so he sends Bullseye to kill him. And he didn't know it, but Deadpool and Bullseye had a history together because they knew each other and had done like Black Ops missions together. So they kind of like each other, but they're also completely willing to kill each other. <laughs> and so there's this great like four-issue fight between them where they're just kind of having fun, but really trying to kill each other. That's awesome. And Bullseye's doing a better job because Bullseye actually has you know like these amazing accuracy powers, but right. Deadpool can't really be killed that easily. So yeah. there's this point where Deadpool has an arrow in his head. And he's like, he can't, like, he's he's freaking out because he's like, can't control himself. He's like wobbling around and he's like, mmm, mmm, mmm. there's a part where literally the the, the, the word bubble is, but no, 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 no. And Deadpool always has three voices in his head one of them that's him, one of them that's his conscious that sounds just like him, but is like his more like fourth wall self and like we'll talk to the fourth wall and stuff and then there's also a british voice <laughs> there's just this british voice in deadpool's head that's very proper and always knows these things and just and they don't ever explain it one of those voices becomes retarded when it shoots when the arrow shot into his head and the other two voices are trying to like guide the real deadpool and it's just so fucking funny and during that moment, Bullseye is just watching, enjoying it. And there's this dude who's been this like civilian who works at a meat. They, they ended up at a meat packing factory somehow. They're like in the middle of, of Midwestern America. And somehow they end up in a meat packing factory. And there's a guy who's been there working it. And he's like this butcher. And he's just fucking amazed the entire time because he's just catching this in insane fight. And Bullseye is like chilling out on his shoulder. And he's <laughs> yelling at Deadpool. He's like, fly, you beautiful bird, fly. <laughs> it's just some of the best, silliest comic book writing ever. That's awesome. It ends with Deadpool pulling the arrow out. Um, he he finds a monster truck because they're again in, in like middle America somewhere. So he finds a monster truck and uh, Bullseye shoots a, a rocket launcher at it, and Deadpool manages to drift, and the rocket goes straight through the, the like open windshield or through open uh, windows. Yeah. And even Bullseye was like, "Damn, that was cool." <laughs> <laughs> and then Deadpool runs over Bullseye with the monster truck. He like knocks him for a loop, and when Bullseye is like coming to, Deadpool slowly is rolling over his feet, <laughs> and That's he just like awesome. pins him there. And he's like, "Do I win? Do you yield? Do you say, Uncle." <laughs> he's like, "All right, Uncle, Uncle." <laughs> Like an amazing fight. Dude. dude, yeah. So anyway, back to Invincible. <laughs> so yeah, you get that kind of like gore level, but it's so much more like visceral and oh, scary. Yeah. yeah, so I, I enjoy a, a good amount of gore, but even even the college episode, man. Yeah. Had me you know what got me? So they get to the college, right, and they find one of the students is like experimenting on other students and he's like taking the jocks and like these these more like physical specimens and turning them into these like really unstoppable cyborgs that even yeah. Invincible's I think just recently isn't he just recently recovered right he got his ass handed yeah, to him yeah he got his ass we skipped beat. over that so yeah. he encounters a, a pretty fucking organized bad guy he gets yeah. way in over his head uh, it's the classic you know thinks he's he knows what he's doing and he fucking doesn't his dad warns him a million times <clears throat> hey don't do this you're getting taken advantage of and it's also yet another glimpse of maybe his dad not being such a good guy because mm -hmm. he literally just watches his son almost beat to death mm -hmm. however I think he is the one who calls in the guardians so there's kind of that silver lining um but so invisible i can't remember the name of the bad guy the the he's I don't like remember a either, but he turns an to android yeah no 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 the android guy oh the android guy uh, yeah I, I don't i don't remember i loved him dude he's yeah he's like a he's like a half a robot kind of he might even be a full android um he's got a bunch of great quips he's very like kingpin-esque very kingpin -esque. uh and he's just got this fucking harem of of super villains uh, that eventually grows to a pretty exponential point in Invincible. And who else was it? It was like um, just the the gravel dude, right? Yeah. So we got the concrete guy, and I'm forgetting all these characters' names. They're a little tertiary. 
Uh, but he's yeah, like, their names don't even matter. <clears throat> he's like an up and coming. Uh, we had him uh, earlier on in the season. He had popped up season, in like a robbery. Uh, the first episode, right? I was going to say that the first episode. Yeah, he's like one of the first people that Invincible thwarts, and he can just turn his skin into into concrete. So yeah. he's he's like a he's like muscle. He's very much muscle. Um, and then the, he starts getting big ideas right along with Invincible, but his go a little bit better. So he organizes with Invincible to take over this or to take out this crime lord, and Invincible kind of you know agrees mm-hmm. and thinks oh yeah we can just do this on our own i can Be- just handle because this. The, the computer chip guy was uh making the concrete guy do all all his bidding all his collecting yeah. and shit and one of my favorite scenes in the in the whole show is when uh, uh the concrete guy is holding uh, a place up and the security guards are behind him and he's like do y'all really want to risk your lives for minimum wage or do you want yeah. to shoot up in the air and pretend like you tried to stop me? Yeah. And they just shoot in <laughs> the, the air. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, man. Again, great character exposition, but also a moment where you're like, you know, this is realism in a superhero world. Yeah. I dig that shit. It's fucking awesome. Fucking dig it. Um, and it's easy to identify with because, yeah, who wants to throw their life away for fucking minimum wage? Right. You know, they're security guards. God fucking help them. Uh, Most of them are like trying to retire <laughs> and shit. They're so old. Yeah. And so... The episode ends with uh, so a character who I do remember because he becomes much more prevalent in the comic, and I'm sure we'll see him again. Uh, Battle Beast, fucking giant white lion dude, yeah. who just hands Invincible his ass almost literally, bashes him to fucking pieces nearly. I, I thought he was dead. I thought that I thought that's where <laughs> Invincible ended. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I guess he's not. <laughs> yeah, right. Very much a counter to the namesake. Uh, and so he, he recovers, but he's slow doing so. What, was it his head or his chest that he was beating? It was his chest because his like, intestines are kind of coming out and stuff. Uh, you can see some of his ribs. Yeah, It's a bad beating he takes. And, you know, in classic, I mean, that is the, that is the show. And I love that that is the show because that was the comic. There were so many fights where either the character would come within an inch of death or just straight up die. And you're like, yeah, when you have these completely different power sets, sometimes there's going to be a rock versus paper, and paper's not going to do as well because it's going to be actual paper, and rock's going to go right the fuck through it. <laughs> and it did. <laughs> but and he so, beat him so bad, I was like, please stop. <laughs> He's already dead. But we do get a, a very quick glimpse where you see through a hole in the ceiling that Omni-Man is just watching the whole thing unfold. Yeah. And he's just like, ah, fucking told you this would happen. <laughs> like, I knew it was a pussy. <laughs> and so, yeah, next episode he goes to college with his friend and they have the horrifying experiments of uh, that, that dude uh, who kind of looked like me when I was that age, which I fucking hate. Um, <clears throat> which is cool. He looks like a cool guy. Sure, 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 sure. A cool villain. <laughs> cool villain. And I'll yeah, take yeah. that, yeah. That's <laughs> so what I looked like when I was younger. I always looked like a villain. Um, <laughs> But yeah, what what scared me one of the most about it is that the quick turnover rate, it seemed like they would disappear and then two days later they were full fucking cyborg and attacking people I'm like, oh shit. Like you not only does this down. happen, but yeah, he's, he's quick turnover. I like it. Uh, which Cecil fucking notices at the end of the episode and he's like, yeah. I love that so much that he, uh, yeah, he starts to work for them like, uh, like the Nazi scientist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, he's like literally just fucking recruiting these like evil minds. Like, well, fuck it. If they're going to have to be somewhere better here than dead. Right. Working for him. <clears throat> and so, God, all, always to his credit, because I want to say around the same time we get introduced to the kaiju that he also decides to take into his collection. Yep. And it was, uh, I love that scene too, where, where it's, I think it's a, it's a mid credit scene. And uh, it's Donald, and he's like on the shore somewhere, and he walks up, and you see this giant dead monster. And he's like, yes, sir. Yeah, it looks like uh, Omni-Man was on the ropes. I've never seen him that bad before. And uh, I don't think it's dead. (laughs) And it fucking moves, and he fucking goes into a karate pose real quick. (laughs) He like jumps back. (laughs) Fucking Donald is the best, dude. I love that character. He jumps into the karate uh, pose, and you see his belly like hanging over his mouth a little bit. You know he used to be a badass. He might have put on a few pounds, but dude can still kick some ass. (laughs) But he's also a nerd, which I fucking love. Uh, so yeah, there you know this all these little pieces coming together for that that last couple episodes. The Mahler twins, I think we need to bring them back up because yeah. uh, them being used by Robot, the shadowy figure, uh, which man, I loved his progression through the series. Yeah, and I loved he's basically like two or three voice actors <laughs> all for one character. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. <clears throat> you have Quinto doing Robot, and I want to say he also does the actual person that does Robot he? is, uh, the weird person in the vat. Of uh, oh, liquid, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to say those are the same guy. And that was that was Great another reveal. thing that I fucking loved is uh, whenever he was like, 
when I die, it is a light switch turning off, and it's not me continuing yeah. into someone else's body. And it, oh man, because even up to that point, you kind of have your doubts about him, you know, because yeah. he's he's done some questionable shit to get to this point. He's fallen in love with a girl who looks like she's fourteen. Uh, yeah, it's heavy. I mean, she's twenty four, but you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then again, what does he look like? So yeah. beggars can't be choosers, you know. She he's a potato, <laughs> um, and so and he recognizes another potato, <laughs> right? When you become a monster you look just like me um, so uh we 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 get revealed kind of i think midway through the season that robot is not just a robot he is he is some deformed genius in a vat of liquid yeah and he has kind of employed the mauler twins he's broken them out of prison and, and gonna use their know-how of cloning and the whole time to make they, a body. uh they didn't know how they got out of prison yeah they, they were just um it's a while before he introduces himself. Yeah. yeah. And then finally he does, and he's got... I just love the, the little balances and checks that he has. And they, I love that the Maulers are smart, mm-hmm. but they're not brilliant. Right. You know, they, they have their moments of being kind of dumb. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's such a fun juxtaposition, and they're really fun characters. I love that they're still around right now still. And I guess you can always kind of just kill one of them off at least, you know? Yeah. You can get away with killing one every now and then because he just he clones himself. Almost like replicate. Right. And so... Uh, duplicate, sir. Duplicate. I'm sorry. I'm the nerd. It's fine. I'm going to correct you. No, uh, I'd rather you than uh, our listeners. <laughs> sure, right. Our mistakes, please. Don't, don't, don't point out our mistakes. So, um, yeah, so the Mahler twins, and I loved the little sympathy that they have when he's talking about that, which, dude, it's something that I've actually seen in a couple different sci-fi stories where you talk about either cloning or spe- especially transferring your consciousness. It's a big thing when you're, like, you know, with downloading your consciousness digitally. They're always like... Technically, you're copying yourself. Yeah. The other one still dies. It I, I still for, I stops. What, what movie it was that, that uh, turned that light on, that light bulb on in my head? It's like, oh shit, yeah, it's not going to continue. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to. I'm not going to live through a robot like yeah. a copy of me. Yeah. Well, like you said. Right. Uh, for me, it was a uh, this really cool indie horror game, which I should have brought up earlier in our other podcast, named Soma. Is this weird little game that a friend of mine recommended to me? Uh, I was actually surprised it even came to consoles. Uh, it was originally PC, and they ported it over. It was like ten bucks, real cheap, oh. kind of longer game for ten bucks. But you're mostly just uh, you walking around, solving puzzles, and running from shit. But it's a big nice. emphasis. It's it's all in this underwater facility way in the future, and there's a big emphasis on robots. And the very first part of the story takes place in modern day, where you have you were in a car accident, you have a brain aneurysm, and you're going to get it checked out. And they're trying some experimental new thing on you. And you get into this weird, giant machine, and everything goes black. And you wake up in the future in a robot body. And you have no idea how you got there. And you eventually find out that they had saved your consciousness on like some flash drive 100 years ago. And the real you lived on or died or whatever. Oh, wow. And now you're a copy of you. And they put you, saved you on some hard drive somewhere, and you accidentally get uploaded into a robot. Which would be such a fucking mindfuck. It's such a mind, it's terrifying. Yeah. Eventually, because he starts off seeing hands, because the mind tricks him into just seeing his own hands. And wow. eventually, someone's like, "No, dude, look at your hands again." And they turn to robot hands. You're like, "No, <laughs> <laughs> dude, that game sounds amazing." I'm it surprised was more than ten bucks, dude. Or yeah, was it more than ten bucks. I, if you look for it now, it might even be cheaper, man. Fuck yeah, dude. Awesome. Um, I highly recommend it for people who like either really weird existential sci-fi or really creepy horror games i love it and i hate it because uh that that stuff will start to fucking really fuck with me and yeah and so at the very well anyway let's not get off too tangent yeah but yeah it's it brings up a lot of those crazy thoughts and so yeah i loved the moment where the mallar twins are like really sympathetic yeah and and i think it's something along the lines of like it's like i don't expect you to understand it's like we understand (laughs) yeah more than anyone we understand they they, uh intentionally don't remember which one is the clone so it doesn't fuck with them as much dude i love that dude Uh, yeah i love that it's at first you could it's kind of like their little antithesis between each other but then eventually it's kind of like what keeps them together exactly but at the same time from the escape episode you know he's willing to (laughs) kill his brother (laughs) real poorly (laughs) fuck dude just fucking brutally dude yeah it's a good scene, though. Um, so, yeah, we, we get Robot not only revealing that he's a giant potato in a jar, but also that he is the is Rexplode 2.0. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he stole Rexplode's DNA. DNA. And I love it, too, because it's all for a reason, but it's such a dick thing to do. Yeah. And at the same time, it is it is a it is like a borderline savant genius thing to do. He would he would never think, oh, would that offend you? Like, nah, just yeah. take your body. It's cool, bro. You don't you, you don't care. <laughs> right away, he's like, whoa. Why the fuck? Yeah, why the <laughs> fuck do you look like twelve-year-old me? <laughs> Rexplode, I, I, 
I appreciate him even more in the series because giving him a voice, and especially that actor, I can never remember his name, but I love that actor. Yeah, that curly-haired um, dude. Curly-haired, funny guy. Um, he It brings him much more to life three-dimensionally because in, in the comic, he was always just kind of an asshole, and he just played the role of like that voice. He's like, ah, he's a prick. But now I kind of feel for him a little bit. you know. Like I, I don't like him still, and I, get, I think he gets what he deserves, but it's yeah. almost like, well, but it's coming from, a, a, you know where it's coming from, right, you know right, why yeah. he's like this, and <laughs> it makes sense. Uh, and then when he finally does start getting along with some of the teammates, you're like, good, mm-hmm. thank God. You know? yeah, so it, I'm glad you can get along with someone. <laughs> It feels good for sure. Yeah, his relationship with Monster Girl progresses pretty well over the series, and they become pretty good friends. It seems like because she's kind of a foul mouthed piece of shit too. Yeah, so I, I, I was like, did he intentionally uh, copy uh, Rex Blode? Yeah, because, because she's was she's a, attracted to yeah, him exactly. Yeah. yeah, he's not attracted to her because she's a fucking kid. Yeah, and I think he even points that out because like that's weird. <laughs> 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 and yeah, so I mean, Robot is just so calculated, and I love that it works. I love that Monster Girl is just like, all right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, at it, first she was freaked out by it. Right. And right after that, they're holding pinkies. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> cute. And I think the reason that they're all brought together is because of the threat that is Omni-Man. Yeah. So I think, I think we've covered pretty much everything up to the big moment, which is that we finally get a bit of an insight into why Omni-Man did what he did, mm-hmm. but more so that he's still doing what he's doing. <laughs> Because yeah. uh, they bring the immortal back, the Mauler twins <laughs> dig him up and think, "Oh yeah, we'll just have the immortal be our puppet," and he immediately breaks his control over collar off. Yep. Where's Omni Man? Fucking ah. turned Batman. Where is she? <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, the whole reason they made the clone was uh, because they were promised schematics. Uh, and those schematics. Well, it wasn't even a clone. It was just immortal, and they just brought him back to life because they dug him up. Remember? Yeah. Well, I. I'm saying the reason that they did the clone. Oh, uh, right, 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 right. Uh, for robot. Robot, yeah. 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 Is because they were uh, promised schematics to a control device for yeah. immortal. Right, that's right, and that's right because it was another. It was another time where they remind you that robot is a good guy. Yeah. Because yeah, he gave him the wrong schematics. Or he like something a little off about it. Right. So the the fucking control collar breaks immediately. <laughs> yeah. And fucking immortal just goes zooming after Omni Man. I guess finds him quick enough somehow. Um, and at this point, I think that was right after him and Invincible beat the Kaiju. Mm-hmm. So we well, have... While they're still fighting it? R- right. I think you're right. That's right, because I think Invincible has to finish it off. So we have... What is it? That I think Invincible and Adam Eve are stopping a natural disaster or yeah, something, right? Yeah, or just talking... Uh, they're I think doing something They're doing something official. They're doing, okay, you might be right. They're, okay, so they're doing something together when uh, Omni-Man has just... like his, It's revealed. Everyone knows he killed the Guardians, and he's just like, fuck it, I'm beelining to my son and i I, it got revealed uh because uh, the wife found the bloody fucking costume that that he tried so hard to hide in yeah uh, who who was it that 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 oh it was the notes uh she found the detective the detective's little notebook that he left in the closet yeah very very cleverly i'm assuming uh and then we also get the scene that i don't know if you have you watched the boys Mm -mm. oh man very similar scene uh in the boys when omni man takes out all the people in his house oh dude i love that scene just fucking when he finally figures out that there's a bunch of people just in camouflage yeah. in his home yeah. and he just fucking just annihilates all of them. And so at that point he's like, all right, time to just fucking go along with my plan. And yeah. he, he beelines it to his son and fucking Cecil does everything in his power to slow him down, which just is such a cool, I loved that episode almost more than the last episode, just because of the, the escalation that Cecil had to do in yeah. order to slow him down. Before he did that, though, uh, he noticed that they were watching him from the house across, too. And that was, Donald. that was a great scene. Oh, Donald, we lost him. We lost yeah. him too soon, unfortunately. But it was a very great scene. It was a great scene. Uh, when just was, Donald being more of a hoss. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I forgot what the final line was that he had uh, right before he... He blows himself up. Yeah. And, you know, part of the neighborhood. That's <laughs> what I was thinking of. It's like, let's face it, I don't... I, I don't know that you're going to do enough damage to even matter to Omni-Man unless you're willing to take out, like, an entire neighborhood or more. Yep. You know, like, come on, dude. He's, he's he's Superman level, if not close to. So, like, 
I, don't get me wrong. It's probably the best way Donald could have gone. But Cecil's just admitting it uh, the whole time. He's like, we're not trying to stop you. We're just yeah. trying to buy time. Yeah. So it builds up. So first, what do they do? They, they send a couple things after him, and then they hit him with the laser. The laser is one of my favorite parts. Yeah. Because they shoot him with a giant beam from space. And that costs billions of dollars. Yeah. And as they're targeting him, and he sees the, the targeting thing come down, I love that Omni-Man looks up. He's like, you wouldn't dare. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hits him with it. Yeah. Oh, man. So, of course, Omni-Man destroys the laser. Of course. And then Cecil, just like a hoss, teleports in on his own. Yeah. Fucking nothing but a suit, tie, and a gun. Shows up right in front of him. Yeah, but I'll give him this much. A gun that can fucking wallop on Omni-Man. Sends him flying a couple times. To Cecil's credit, he's such a badass. He's fucking amazing. And I love that moment where he teleports just in the nick of time. And um, Nolan's got his tie. He's like, Jesus, Nolan, right for the throat. After all the years we've known each other. (laughs) 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 He's always got that little smirk, dude. Like He's just one step ahead of everybody, man. I love it. And so, yeah, and that's when he does, does do the line. He's like, you can't beat me. He's like, I'm not trying to, man. I'm just slowing you down. Yeah. Until that shows up, and that's when he sticks the kaiju on him. And I love that line, too, where he's like, I beat this thing before. He's like, yeah, but we, uh, we took away its pain inhibitors, and we gave it a bunch of drugs. <laughs> 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 so it's a little different this time. <laughs> and dude, it's a good fight. I mean, they, they go toe-to-toe for a while yeah. to the point where he kind of needs his son's help. And, of course, Invincible, knowing nothing of what's happening. Shows up to help his, his shows dad. Shows up to help his dad, dude. And they have a good fight. It's such a cool moment because if you take out everything else, all the context, it's cool to just see him and his son taking on a giant monster. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a part of me that was just like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, father-son moment. It's yeah. cool. Before everything goes so bad. And so, Immortal shows up right around the fight ending uh, and immediately attacks Nolan. And they have a decent little fight, but it ends about the same way it began. And Nolan rips him in half this time. Mm-hmm. I think directly in half, right? Yep. Fucking pulls it. Pull. That was another great moment from comics where a character called the Sentry, who they in Marvel established to be like the most powerful character, um, ripped Ares, the god of war, in half in front of like the entire Marvel universe. Basically, like there was a giant fight going on, and it was all the Norse uh, gods versus all of the Norman Osborn's people, and Sentry was on his side. And uh, they just slowly been revealing that Sentry's just too powerful for his own good. <laughs> and that's, yeah, he like starts to, and you can see Ares' face just like, Oop! and then he just rips him in half, full blood, spine, guts everywhere. Yeah, fucking dude. awesome. It's fucking great. So he pulls a very similar situation to the immortal <laughs> and rips him in half. Uh, and that's finally when Mark sees what's going on. Yeah. Can't see through his, takes off his rose colored glasses finally. <laughs> finally, yeah. Uh, and then the last episode is pretty much just Mark getting his ass handed to him by his dad. Yeah, man. It, it's and an Omni-Man uh, very nonchalantly killing a bunch of people just Dude. very easily. Oh, I love and hate that scene. It's so good and sad. Exactly. Just literally shoves Mark through an entire subway train. Or is it, no, it's a bullet train. Yeah. An entire bullet train. Full of people. innocent people, yeah. To the point where he's literally getting bodies splattered against his own. Yep. Well, one of the first scenes is uh, he sends him through a building, and he's trying so hard to save the building. And oh, I love that! In the building is a mom and daughter, and they're like falling out right in front of him. And yeah. he catches them, and he's like, "It's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay." And then the building collapses, and they die. Yeah. And then and then Omni Man is like, "You killed them. <laughs> they didn't have to die. You killed them." So. Uh, did we even say what Omni-Man's goal is? No, because he, he kind of reveals it after the fight. True. But he does slightly talk about it ahead of time. So Omni-Man is from Viltrum, mm-hmm. is from a race of superpowered people, but they are not peace-seeking. They are not no. this utopian society. They are based completely on Darwinism, survival of the fittest. Yeah. Uh, they, they go through these trials of combat from fucking birth, basically, to decide who will rule and even mm-hmm. just survive in their perfect little society, their, well, their strong society. Uh, and then they go to other worlds and do the same thing, <laughs> and they conquer, and they enslave, yeah. uh, and they bring into the empire that is Viltrum, which why wouldn't they? Um, <laughs> I've said it before. I don't know if I said it in the first episode, but I, even from the comics, immediately to me, the, I, I thought the Viltrumites were basically a mixture of Kryptonians and Saiyans. Uh, I even, can see that. I think they even so far go as to say that when a Viltrumite loses in battle or when they're like gravely injured, as long as they live, they come back stronger every time. So, Which is very sane. Yeah, it's the sane thing. And so uh, I dug that because it's like, what if Frieza hadn't killed the Saiyans? How horrifying would that be? <laughs> you wouldn't want the Saiyans running around. Then you realize Frieza's the good guy. <laughs> <laughs> 
you got to eradicate the monkeys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I always loved that. It was my favorite things about Freeze is that he called them monkeys. <laughs> um, which they are, they're giant monkeys. Uh, and so I always dug that. And, dude, once we get into I'm, – I'm sure they'll, they'll touch on it a little in the second season, but we probably won't get into the meat of Viltrum until the third season, I'm guessing. We'll see. We'll see. But, man, it's such a great world and great – like source of material for the series. I cannot wait until we meet the other Viltrumites. They're fucking yeah, terrifying. I, I'm very, yeah, I'm very excited to see how close they stick to the comic and see. So what, far, so good, man. That's awesome. It's been pretty fucking close, and the few things they've changed have, to me, felt for the better. That's awesome. I've enjoyed the, the the changes, and it's none of it's been dumbing down or whitewashing anything. It's all every change that I've noticed have been minor, and they've been just adding more to it. Sweet, instead of taking away. Exactly. So nice. I've been really digging it. Um, so yeah, we get. Get the terrifying fight, the big reveal. So he's here to take over the world. Um, and nothing's changed. Uh, once he realized his son had his powers, it was time to start. And so uh, he's got a half Viltrumite with him who's, you know, slowly but finally coming into his powers, which are just going to get exponentially stronger. So mm-hmm. he's like, all right, you know, now's the time. And uh, <laughs> Mark is not so much on board. Not at all. <laughs> and so they get into it. And at first, Invincible... I wouldn't say holds his own, but he does okay. Yeah, he does better than uh, anyone else. Could have. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't take long before Nolan just starts handing him his ass. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and just, just destroying parts of the city. It was worse than the comic, which is kind of surprising to me. Oh, that goodness. was one of the few things. And I remember, maybe I'm misremembering it because it's been a long time, but I just remember them leveling a city. Like, just skyscra- skyscrapers falling all over the place. And you really get this sense of, like, fuck, man, you just do not want these these power levels ever fighting each other it just fucking sucks for everyone involved uh and so he finally crashes him into a mountain and we get the famous meme that's now all over the place Dude, it's all over the place i'm so glad that i get to know what the context yeah. is think mark it's it amazes me how quickly it became such a popular and used meme it was like overnight i yeah. want to say that from that episode as soon as that episode aired it was like the next day i was seeing that meme almost i think most people don't even know what it's from i don't think and, so either and they're just like playing off of it yeah, I've seen some really funny ones. There's been some stupid ones, and obviously with memes, sometimes they're really specific to a thing. One of the funnier ones I saw was Link, and he's standing over Ganon, and he's just going, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no words, just yeah, over and over. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> stupid, but fucking funny. That's awesome. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so finally, he, he just confronts him. And he, oh, another, I'll, I'll get to do it after because it's one of the other funnier memes I've seen. Uh, so he, he, he finally, he beats him bloody. Mark is just fucking a sh- just mess of himself. His few, like, I think unbroken bones left. Um, and he's just within an inch of his life. And what makes it even worse is the whole time Cecil and, and the, the mom are watching mm-hmm. on, like, you know, their little satellite cameras and stuff. Yeah, and and uh, before before it had gotten that bad, Invincible calls her a pet, right? Yeah, oh, Invincible man. was like, "What about mom? You can't tell me that you didn't love her." He's, he's like, like, "Yeah, I do like as a pet." <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Well, you you got to think about it, man. I've been alive thousands of years. Mm. Your mom is just a small glimpse of my life." And it's like, "God damn, dude." dude. It's intense. When you think about it like that, and it's like, yeah. You, you, you see, I mean, you kind of see his perspective. And let's, Nolan is not a two-dimensional character. They did a really good job establishing that he's there's some darkness behind him at all points. And you knew it from almost the beginning. But there was also these moments where he just literally, you could tell he cared about his family. And he was yeah. trying to help his son become a better superhero. And at, uh, at a lot of points, he... he, he Seems like a good husband. Yeah, like take even more so. Out, yeah. yeah, on dates, seemed to truly love his wife and and really actually respect her too. Um, there was times where they would fight and he would just be like, okay, yeah, he would give what? her the You're high right. ground or yeah. like admit to her, yeah. And so when I, you're a superhero, I wouldn't assume that you would ever have to do that. <laughs> right. And they did such a good job also with the juxtaposition of her talking to Olga or whatever her name was, the widow of Red Rush. Because, you know, there was that like classic line. He's like, you think he's lying to me? And it's like, she's, he's a superhero. Like, they all lie. They all, and, yeah. you know, the only problem is I disbelieved his last lie that he was coming home. Mm. And it's just, oh, man. And, and it's so, so great. Much good dialogue. Dude, yeah. right? I know. I know. Love this show's dialogue. Um, and so, yeah, like you, it just hurts that much more because you do know that there is a part of him that truly loves her, but there is the other part of him that's thousands of years old and has probably already conquered planets, you know, (laughs) has done this before. He's probably not even his first wife. Exactly. Yeah. I seriously doubt it. And so, uh, yeah, so it's, it's pretty intense. And, uh, finally, you know, 
he, he easily defeats Mark <laughs> and gets yeah. him on the side of a mountain and he just lays it out for him. It's like, think Mark, you know, like <laughs> we're going to, you know, we live for this long. We're, you know, we're, we're more powerful than any of these fucking people. They're destroying their planet, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I forget what it is. I think he just, he just calls him dad, right? He's just like, he, he no, no, no. So he, man, yeah, I forgot what the line was, but, uh, he's like, why are, are, oh, that's right. No, he's like, he's like, there, you, you, if you stay here, you know, you would, you, everyone you love and know would die. You would never have anything. And he's like, well, at least I'd have you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. dude. And dude, that, that scene and it got just so breaks heavy. Nolan. It just yeah. breaks him. And that's exactly how it happens in the comics, which I love that they kept it. Cause it's just like, you can see this dude who's done this before, who's just a fucking, you know, he, he's had his, his three dimensions, but he's a fucking killing machine. And when he wants to be, he just, he, there's nothing to stop him aside from his son, which clearly can't either. Yeah. <laughs> so there's really nothing to stop this dude. At least at this level. Right. right. He's at. Except, except his fucking love for his son. And it sucks, dude. And I, I wanted to talk about this last time, but like I identify so much with the fucking abusive father thing where you just feel so confused about this person you're supposed to love and is supposed to love you and show you love and caring and take care of you and, you know, be there for you and is instead almost killing you. That's crazy, man. <laughs> it's just such a cool, like, it's cool to see it as a superhero and just like, fuck, that's, it's elevating this even to a crazier level. And so, yeah, he, he, he just, Nolan can't take it. Well, he, he, almost, has a, he has a flashback to, uh, to, yeah. Be, him being raising his son <laughs> yeah and i i really like that flashback because he's like it, it shows him go from so cold to like loving and like i i think the it's fr- very identifiable f- it's hard to not see at least some shade of your own father in him right. you know they yeah. did such a good job of making him a dad yeah you know just those moments where he's just wearing the fucking collared t-shirt and shit and just like yep that's well, dad you see him transition uh from a cold superhero to like being uh, a loving father or at least a very guilty father oh yeah <laughs> you know which <laughs> yeah. is nothing dude as someone who grew up with an abusive father there was those times where he would realize what he was doing Ooh. and then you know it just becomes this cry game and it's like dude i'm the one who's broken and bloodied on the ground here but you do yeah. see it you yeah. see like this 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 shade this moment where clarity hits them yeah and it was such a oh, they did such a good job with the expression where nolan's like oh fuck and so Nolan takes the fuck off, yeah. flies into space, and he's just gone. Yeah. <laughs> just takes off. So real quick before we get into the end of the series and talk about the rest of the content, because there's still a good chunk of cool shit that they do, uh, my favorite version of just the straight meme was when he's, uh, think, Mark, you can only choose one, tits or ass. <laughs> and it's bloodied Mark, and he goes, feet. <laughs> and of course, Nolan's like, ah! <laughs> I haven't seen that one yet. But it was a good crazy. one. It's my favorite one so far. Uh, so, <sighs> Nolan flies off, and the world is pretty much watching. Uh, you know, they not only did they destroy half a city and, you know, cause a bunch of devastation in front of a bunch of people, but, you know, Cecil and all the secret intelligence and then even the Guardians were, were witnessing this the entire time. So, thankfully, we, we get some major characters who are sympathetic. Like, even, I think, what is it, some of the Guardians, as they're watching, just are just feeling bad for Invincible. Just like, yeah. oh, God. Yeah. It's, it's always great to see someone in, in context react the same way you're reacting to something. Mm-hmm. I love seeing a character from a show react how I would react if I was there. You know, like, oh, <laughs> it, just, it makes everything much more real and, and it, it, it fleshes out characters, I feel like. And so I liked that a lot. And then, you know, uh, we get them stepping up and the, we, we have our new, you know, I think finally right that last episode is when the Guardians start to flow and feel like a full team. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, I think it's... Uh Fuck, I, f- I forgot who it was, but uh, he, one of the guys goes to wipe the blood off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's finally like, all right, I think it's time we do it. And they yeah. wipe the blood away from the previous Guardians. No, no, no. So he's like, uh, the leader, the new leader is like, no, not yet. You haven't earned it. And he grabs mm-hmm. him by the shoulder and the rest of uh, the team reacts like to his defense. And that's right. Like, oh, we're yeah. a team now. And it was Rex too, the yeah. one that nobody likes anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but everyone's like, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> you don't hurt Rex. And, you know, even Rex had a good transition through the show. Everyone had a great story arc. There was not one character outside of maybe some of the really tertiary ones that didn't have a pretty good story arc from beginning to end. And it was good without, like, shoving it down your throat. Yeah. Everyone got as much time as they needed. Nobody was spotlit too much or, you know, felt like it was hammy or or heavy-handed or anything. So, yeah, I really enjoyed the way they... they... Felt real organic. Yes, very much so. So... By the end of it, we have uh, we have Robot 2.0, who is now Young Rexplode. 
him and his, his relationship <laughs> with Monster Girl is very budding. Um, I think they even insinuate that he's trying to figure out how to reverse it, right? He's trying to like solve her curse. Yeah. So there might be a lot of new and in, in new you know transitions there, which will be fun to watch. I'm hoping that we get to see him more, like because I you know she got real injured in one episode. Her during you know the fight with the uh, the uh, battle beast and all them, she got fucked up. A couple others got fucked up. So when <laughs> I loved that when she he's trying to help her, he has to go like find Wolfsbane or something, like some weird mystical flower somewhere. Yeah. And he comes back and his robot is like falling apart. And he, he's like, I had to get it. It was not easy. It's <laughs> <Just>, like <laughs> use this. Um, so I want to see more of that, man. I hope that next season we get a couple glimpses of robot trying to like cure her f- curse and having to like fight monsters or some shit. Um, yeah, he fixes her because uh, the doctors uh, that that the government had couldn't. Yeah, because she keeps on her. transforming back into a monster, and yeah. they're like, "What? It's, <laughs> fucking this, killing doctors? Yeah, and shit, like dude. a giant magical monster on the operating table. What do you want from us?" <laughs> dude, and it's so gory how they uh, have her like oh, her yeah. jaws, like, like half fucking, her face is yeah. gone. Oh man, it's great. So fucking brutal. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's see. That was a little bit of a, a spoiler or a teaser for the next season. Then we uh, we reveal that uh, Doc Seismic is still alive. Yeah. He's got like mole. Men now are molten men following him. Yep. <laughs> that can't wait for that shit. That's fucking awesome. Uh, oh, and uh, so when Mark wakes up in the hospital, mm-hmm. uh, Cecil uh, is like very on guard because he doesn't know if he's gonna if he join his father. Mark. Yeah, yeah. That's very heavy. <laughs> or th- I thought I thought that was cool. Like a very uh, realistic. Like sure, you don't know. You yeah. don't know. He loves his dad. Right. Yeah. He's and fucking I mean, destroyed he by got it. to see the whole thing play out too. Yeah. So you know that there's some mixed blood there. Yeah. Uh, some muddied waters. And so, yeah, they definitely end on some interesting terms. But uh, And then, of course, they, they reveal that Cecil's still got the dude making the fucking cyborgs. And so, I mean, he's, you know, in a very gray area himself. But he's been there the whole time. That's one thing I love about Cecil. He's, you know, by any means necessary kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, what else did we have? We had, um, they showed the Viltrumites. We got a glimpse of the Viltrumites. I don't want to say too much because I know I, I know a lot of the material. But they showed a character. Did you see the, the big, bald, like almost Santa-looking Viltrumite? No. He has like a big beard. He's got a gray beard. He's fucking just beefy as fuck. That dude ends up becoming one of my favorite things about the series. Oh shit. When when he comes into play, which is I'm a, I'm thinking probably around season 3. Ah, oh, that shit is just that was one of my favorite comic books. I I blazed through those fucking issues, dude. I I was just lapping that shit up. The only one of the only reasons I wish that I didn't find out about the show yet is so I would have more to binge at once mm. because now I'm like Come on, where's just where's the next fucking? Season? I know what you mean, man. Yeah, that's I can respect someone who can wait that long, but I like I like watching something week to week, especially if it's that good. I can I can enjoy definitely uh, boost your week a little bit, like gives you something to look forward to. Exactly. But then as soon as the season's over, it's just fucking hell on you. It's like no, <laughs> how long do I have to wait before my fucking Sundays are good again? <laughs> yeah. So uh, super excited, loved the series. It's fucking um, great. Anything else you want to bring up about it? Anything you can think of? I think we hit all the points. Yeah. If you haven't seen it already, clearly you know everything about it at this point, but I do right. highly recommend it, even if you've heard us talk about it and haven't watched it. It's, it's fantastic to it's watch. It's even better than we described. Yeah, I'm sure we're forgetting all kinds of awesome moments that yeah. you need to see. Uh, and if you've thought of any, uh, by all means, uh, give us an email, uh, you know, tweet us, and we'll mention it at the end of the next episode yeah. or something. But uh, let's go ahead and give a spoiler for the next uh, Don't Make Me Do This. <laughs> <laughs> now it's me making Wayne do something for me. <laughs> and I don't have to pay him. <laughs> I mean, the payment is that I'm there doing it. <laughs> you have to put up with me complaining. <laughs> um, so it's, man, it was such... A fucking what I thought was off the wall movie, and Wayne, the fucking content god, just <laughs> fucking absorbs everything around him. You say content god, I say someone who has no real life. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason I have this kind of free time. <laughs> Dude, uh, it's a New Zealand movie, uh, not even from fucking America. I don't yeah. think it made it to our theaters. And yeah, and considering that there are movies like you know Lord of the Rings and things like that from New Zealand that you've probably seen, this is not going to be one of them. No. Yeah, <laughs> I, I intentionally picked a movie that uh, was uh, a horror film uh, slash comedy, which yeah. which is one of my guilty I'd say pleasures. A pretty good mix of the two, actually. Yeah. Uh, let's just tell everyone so they can watch along at home if they want. Black Sheep. Black Sheep. Not the Chris Farley movie. Yeah, uh, it was so hard to. To find it because I was like, am I looking up the wrong movie? Yeah, yeah. No, you have to type in New Zealand black sheep. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I don't want to give away too much about the premise, but it is a horror comedy. Mm-hmm. It's fucking I love a horror weird. comedy so much. It's weird as shit. As low budget as it is, it's pretty well made. Uh, and it's nothing like the Chris Farley movie. Let me just yeah. say that again. <laughs> the, the, the type of humor in it uh, kind of reminds me of like Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, or even like Evil Dead or Army of Darkness. Yeah. Where it, it, it would probably gross some people out, honestly. In yeah. fact, there's a couple times it almost grossed me out. <laughs> but I will be reviewing it uh, in, in lieu of our next episode, uh, so it'll all be fresh in my mind, because that has been a few years. Yeah, I, uh, for me too, and I'm going to rewatch it. Nice. So, yeah. Cool. Hopefully we can rewatch it together. Yeah, if if at all possible, we'll try to throw in some clips of us watching it on the actual next episode. I want to get to the awesome. point where we actually are doing the things we're talking about on the episode. That'd you know, be fucking great. It's gonna get weird, folks. Like you know, for now it's just media. We're just consuming things like that. But eventually, we're gonna be consuming physical things. Yep. Uh, we're gonna be doing weird things. I want to get you paragliding. Have you ever been paragliding? Oh, cool. Man. <laughs> Have you? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Full- Hey guys, thanks for listening. Please uh, hit subscribe if you haven't already on Spotify, iTunes, the RSS feed, whatever the fuck you're listening on. We won't know your love is real unless you show it. (laughs) And that does mean dick pics, but don't send that to the RSS feed. (laughs) Physical gratification is the only type I like, so go ahead and very aggressively touch that subscribe button for me. Smash it like you're smashing your nephew i don't know <laughs> <laughs> or niece whatever we don't judge. whatever you're into it's fine <laughs> creepy uncles swing both ways <laughs>